Hey, Derek, welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show, man. It's going to be uh, great talking to you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate the uh, reaching out and excited to share with your audience. Yeah, definitely. And before we get into, we're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk a little bit on the the risk side of real estate because nobody really talks about it. But before we dive into that topic, what to give give the listeners some context onto who Derek is, like you know what you're doing. I think you got a W two. Like just talk about a little bit about your path and how we got up to this point right now. Sure. So currently, I do have a W two. I'm an automotive engineer. Uh, I've been there since college. 16, 2015, I had my first daughter, three kids now, but daughter was on the way and it made me start thinking about college, first of all, because the retirement or retire, retirement talks isn't when you start working and putting away your 401k and I'm like, oh, they want you to put more and more money away. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? How do I live? How do I put away for college? How do I live today? How do I save for tomorrow? And, and now I got to take care of this new human that's been given to me. Right. And it's like, yeah. how am I going to do this? Right. So it's like, I start looking into things. My cousin, my wife's cousin actually is, has been in real estate for a long time. She's over in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. And I was talking to him at a MSU tailgate, Michigan state tailgate. And he's a very successful guy. It was high up at HP actually. And uh, I was like, how, how do you do it? How do you do all these different things? And he's like, well, he goes, it's not my, it's not my job, right? My job is great. I love that, but he goes, it's the investments side, right? It's, he's got a lot of, uh, he had a lot of single family duplexes, he had small multifamilies, but that really got me thinking of like, I come from third generation in the automotive industry, right? We W2 employee, this is the road. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go to school, you can grade, you can go to college. You got to get a good job. And then you'll retire in 30 years. And hopefully that's where a big thing was, is we don't have pensions anymore. I'm basically an independent contractor. So how am I going to fund my retirements? And, and solely 401k, if you look into it, was never built to be a sole means of uh, retirement, right? Or income in your retirement. And so a lot of things were going through my mind in 2016. And we stumbled upon the, the, the famous book, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Bored yeah. And that was white evolved and all kinds of things going on. So it's, I got to do something different. There is a different road to take, different paths to take. And uh, that's when we started to look into real estate. So first we started in, um, sending letters to tax delinquent folks. My, my wife hand wrote 350 tax delinquent letters. She handwritten letters to folks in the state of Michigan and certain counties that we were interested in. Based on where we either vacation or we know, we know her locally. And we got a pretty decent, it was like, I don't know, 20%, which is pretty good from, a, from for, that was only the first letter. We didn't even do any follow-ups because we didn't know what the heck we were doing. But yeah. uh, we actually did end up getting a uh, single family holding LC, Michigan, a small, small community. And we six, we still have that property. We bought that in 2018 and we bought it for, I believe it got $23,000. It wasn't, it was, it didn't have siding on it. They had a roof, it had walls, but it needed drywall. It needed to be completely done, basically. It was about three quarters of the way there, probably. So anyway, we, we got, we got them all fixed up, got a runner in there. And then we did that all cash because of this, the, the bit of what that was in the condition that it was like, I couldn't get a loan on or anything, but then right. as soon as we 
So as we did that, and that's when I started learning about the burn method, right? Buy, rent, or rehab, rent, repeat, just yeah. keep going. So then you're like, okay, well, are we going to sell it? Because first I thought it was boring. It's going to be wholesale. Um, now I didn't have the, I didn't have the buyer base to wholesale the deal, mm -hmm. right? To make a quick, whatever, I brand or something. Nobody wanted to give me that for it. So, so we ended up keeping it and then hiring actually the guy who sold it to us to finish the renovations. He was just in a tough spot, the, yeah. the seller, he couldn't finish the job. It was a three, four year project that he couldn't finish, didn't have the funds time or not. He had the time and not the funds. So basically we hired him to finish that job for us. And then it took, believe it or not, like nine months. It was terrible. I, I was, there was a lot of long nights. It felt like I was pushing rope. So we got that done. We finally got it done. Got a redder in there. First renter was not stellar. We had to have them out in the first three months because we did, again, didn't know what the heck you were doing. Yeah. But the, the second renter came in and we closed. So we were done and we had it ready September. That second renter came in in February and we've had him since then. So it's been, what, six years? I think we've had him in there. Five years. And he actually is in the process of purchasing the home from us. But awesome. in that meet we refinanced that when the property was done and we had a signed lease. Mm -hmm. So we refinanced that at the nice low interest rates, rather than nice, nice terms. But I think we refinanced it at a hundred at 115,000, we had 80,000 in it. So had a nice, a nice check there. So then we ran for nothing. Then they were, they've been in there since. And then that same year, or actually in 2018, actually buying, we ran out of money pretty quick. So, cause we were renovating this house. We took a second mortgage out of our personal home and bought a 23 unit apartment building that's found Craigslist uh, for four. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's back up. Let's back up there. Okay. Let's back up there. Um, I want to unpack the first deal. Uh, we'll get to the Craigslist. We'll get to the Craigslist. That, that just jumped off at me, but I want to unpack the first deal a little bit more. Um, it sounds to me like, and this is really important, you had, you had an event occur in your life which I like to refer to as a why, your, your, your kid, okay? You saw that your pathway that you've been spoon-fed your entire life was not, wasn't going to get it done. It's amazing how many people think that a 401k is going to save them when they retire. I, I just, I, I feel like I'm beating my head against the wall when I talk to people about it. My contention is that it is a literal prison for your money. And it's a, it's a, it's a very, very slow way to retire poor. Uh, I don't know if you have any, have any thoughts on that, but I, I don't, I no longer have a 401k. I got rid of it because I did not want to end up that way. Yeah. I, I still have one. The only reason is because there is a match, a company match. Sure. Basically, I don't know you want to call it free money, but I sure I would, it's not much, but I do put some in there again. Different eggs in different baskets, but I, I agree with you hundred percent. I am not a fan of four gay. I wish I could take it all out mm -hmm. and put it in put it into either uh, real estate deals or buying businesses or something else. I am I am better to control that money and I can prove I have proven that over the last six years doing it myself. Oh that than any manager that's basically skimming off the top, right? Illegally, right? And then the fees and stuff alone just tear those things apart and make you work 30 years and work a lot longer. And, the, and that's if the, the market goes well. Yeah. yeah. And if taxes stay the, stay the same, because eventually you will have to 
Well, the the IRS is coming for you at some point, whether it's now or later. So, okay. Don't want to spend a lot of time on there. What I'm really interested in uh, is tax delinquent. So you targeted tax delinquent properties and you hand your wife hand wrote letters. Where did you find the list and what did you write on the note? Because this is a this is a lead acquisition method that most people are not willing to do. And it's super easy. So please yeah. talk about please talk about more about what you did. So first you gotta find where you want. This is your backyard, great. Go to your county. If it's whatever county you are in, how it is here in Michigan, you gotta go to the county and you, either you can find or register, I think it is, of deeds or something like that, or or tax or tax department, right? The equalization department. And you can ask them because it's public record for tax legal parcels. And, and they will give you a list and some are better than others. Some will email you an Excel for free. Others yeah. are, will make you pay per parcel. Um, but it's pretty cheap, you know, considering what it is. And you can actually even narrow it down if you're, if you're, if you have a high population, you can get into certain areas of a county, of a county. you can get into townships, you can get into cities, you can just grab certain areas. Yeah. And so. So that's how we got the list. Again, it was done in different ways, either emailed to us or we had to go physically to, to the place and get the list and mm-hmm. piece of paper. And then on the letter, we basically wrote, hi, we, we, we've driven past your house. But that was the other thing is, is you don't want to be untruthful to people. So you want to, you want to actually be driven past and you want to have seen it. Go, Google. You can walk down the road nowadays, but you got to be leery of that because some of those maps sometimes are older. It's up to date. Maybe that suffices, but usually it's areas that and you, you've seen it in person. So you said, I've driven past your house. I, I like to basically offer you fair market value for, for your home. And you just leave it simple as that and just let, let, let curiosity get to them. And obviously you're supposed to send a follow-up, I think every seven weeks after the initial, I mean, there's different ways to do it. Right. But yeah. my wife didn't want to write 350 letters every seven weeks for some reason. I don't know. But, but we, we smacked that first summer because we sent out in like June and then the, all of July and August, we were getting calls and we were getting, I mean, again, some of them were not very nice and then it'll, it'll chew you yeah. up and spit you out at that, but it makes, gives you thick skin. Yeah. And basically. And, and not again, not everybody's customer. So some people will reach out and, how do you get my information? Like we politely tell, it is public record. And I, cause they're like, well, how do you know? And you sometimes you gotta get into a little bit like, well, we, we driven past it. And then mm-hmm. you need some help basically. Right. And would you like to sell your home to us? We want to buy your home. Okay. And that's basically what we did. And then we put it like, if someone got a Google uh, voice number, I think at the time it was free, says something, whatever, when you call it, but it's, it works. And we took all, we fielded all the calls that way. Awesome. And then, and you got a deal out of it, right? So it's low yeah. barrier to entry, low cost. I'm telling you, people don't do this stuff. I tell people all the time that your best friend in real estate is a list, a yellow legal pad and a pen and yep. get a bunch of stamps and just keep doing it. People are going to call you. Now your, your response rate was super high, but I have to think, and a lot of it is wording in the letter too, right? And that's a list where people need help. Tax delinquencies, pre-foreclosure, like tax liens, pre-foreclosure. I mean, these are people that are behind on their taxes. So they're going to lose their house at some point. Yeah. And if you think you own your house free and clear, don't pay your taxes and watch what happens. 
you're you're losing your house. Okay, so th that's a great list. All right, what did what you 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 just we talked about? We were going to teach people some some lessons here about what to the risks. Right? Sounds like it didn't go your way. So looking back on that on that property, what are some of the lessons that you learned that you can share with the with the audience today to to make sure that we're not making these errors? What would what would you have done differently? So we got really excited the fact that we had a lead. Somebody wants to sell us the home. The other one's $23,000 for the, the place. Like he sent us some pictures, went out and looked. It was over an hour from our home. That was probably the red flag. We, we got, we got, we just got super excited. And we we're like, wow, we got something. Problem is, is me working full-time job with my wife. Having, we had a newborn at the time and our second one on the way. It was just, I could not manage it. So I couldn't be there all the time. Like I said, I was pushing a rope. And when I, that's how I felt by the, 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 trying to get the guy, trying to get them to do the work in a timely amount, you know, timely. Cause I'm like, I'm sitting here burning through cash. And all I'm thinking about is I need a rental to get in here, but this thing's not livable yet. So it's really the closer to home you can be, or if you're able to be there on check once a week, couple times a week. Ideally, if it's close to your home, it would be ideal. Um, but that being away, being our first deal, not having boots on the ground, not having someone that we knew that could check on it, and and, and just trusting people that they're going to do a good job. We we hired some electricians and plumbers that we ended up having to have a job completely redone because it was not to code, it wasn't correct. Um, a lot of mistakes, a lot of things that we, um, lessons learned, if you will. Sure. Now you're well, sharing now, which is good. So sounds like it was just challenging to manage it while you're working a full-time job and you had a distance problem. Took a long time to do the rehab. Do you still have that property today? We we do. The the owner, or the owner, I mean, the the renter is in the process of purchasing the home, actually. Correct. That's right. They, yeah, That's they right. bought that because they didn't have stellar credit at the time, or they, I would say they rented it because they didn't have stellar credit. And they wanted to buy at the time. They're starting a family. They love the hall. It's a nice little, they're a great little family hall. And, and now they're in the position to purchase it. So. Got it. So six years, whatever it is, six years later, is that yeah. first deal or winner for you or a loser? It's, it, it pays us 500 bucks a month. It yeah. has been the entire time. It's, it's, nice. it's fantastic. We took all of our money out while we refinanced yep. plus your 10,000. So, I mean, it, it, that, that's a home run for, for, for our first deal. It was looking back that first year of going through the rehab, I would have never thought that we'd be in that position, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been great. Awesome. All right. I left every, we left everyone hanging on the edge of your, uh, their seat when you said you found a 23 unit apartment building on Craigslist. Uh, continue with that, please. I'm fascinated with that story. Yeah. So we, we, we purchased. We're in the process. We just sent out letters, right, for our tax delinquents. So we didn't even have the single family home yet. Okay. We were all heck bent on real estate. We wanted to get in and dive in, trying to follow them, fi figure out different ways. That was the reason why we got into sending letters because we were trying to wholesale. Because how do you get involved in real estate if you don't have a lot of extra cash? Well, wholesaling is a great opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So we were looking for properties every day. We were looking at Craigslist. I don't know if Facebook Marketplace was even around then, but anyway, we were, we found, my wife found this thing in Craigslist and the pictures were, were 
were were terrible, but the but the the content was there. It said twenty three units, in Jackson, Michigan. Whatever. Okay, let's give us a call. Yeah. So we call them, and it's the owner's phone number. We I am still really good friends with the, him. I've purchased. We actually purchased a self storage facility from him as well. And so he he's a good friend of mine now. But yeah, we we ended up. It took us take a second mortgage out to be able to buy the place. Well, but let's uh, let's let me back up here. Why was he selling it? He managed, still does manage about three hundred doors in the city of Jackson in the area around there. Uh-huh. And he was he was growing his property management business and managing this property. He got it when it was basically foreclosed on and in really rough shape. And he took it to probably fifty percent, sixty percent. And he's looking to just get out of it and and, it. and t- turn it a little bit. Well, it was four four hundred and eighty thousand is what he had it listed for. And we couldn't yeah, four hundred and eighty grand. So we we first started going towards the bank to try to get a wallet on their like first property. We, again, we didn't have it in single family. All we had was our home. This is pretty long. Was, the terms were great. So we started actually talking to them about solid financing. And so we did a we did a way contract on the property. It took us, like I said, nine months to close out. It closed then in September of 2018. And for 480 grand, it was five and a half percent interest rate, five year balloon. At that time, it was the first time introduced to balloons and, and land contracts and that sort of thing. And all I could say, yeah, wow. five years, that didn't seem very long when I might have was 30 years, five years is a long time when you're managing the property. Yeah. And we were able to, so at the same time, we were also, again, in the minds, we don't have like, okay, now we've completely, we've depleted everything. Took a second mortgage out. We didn't have I don't know if we had 401k levels at the time that were enough to be able to do anything with, but we were trying to find, basically find money. And there were, then that's when we realized, that's when we found the fake ball that's able and started with syndication and started learning about syndication and getting coaching and that sort of thing, right? Using other people's money to then be able to continue buying properties and, and furthering our real estate experience. Were you so, able to fund that 23 unit deal? with your equity line or did you end the seller financing or did you have to bring in outside capital? Oh, we did it. We, we were able to do it with our, so we bought our personal help. We bought in 2012 and the foreclosure at the bottom. It was perfect timing. We had no idea what we were doing. We were going out of college. We looked for a year. We bought the house in 2012 at the bottom of the market. And by 45 years later, we had that equity in it to, we pulled that 70, I think it was 70 grand at the time. And we're able to buy the, the, the apartment building. Got it. Was that the down to the seller 70,000 or was it something else? And then you used the remainder to fix it up. So we had some cash. I think the, I think it was 90,000. So we had 20,000 ourselves. We had mm-hmm. 70,000 from the, from the second mortgage. And then we, that was our down payment. And then that was a mistake that we did with that property. Actually, well, it took so long. I didn't know what CapEx was. I didn't know what, so we basically we did on cash flow. Which thank goodness we purchased it and I was able to do enough due diligence learning from at first I bought Michael Blanc's a deal or his calculator, right? It was like 120 yeah. bucks. Great thing. Love it. It was fantastic. So I was able to at least underwrite the deal that way and see that in the cash flow. Knowing that the winter months, there's a 
giant boiler in the basement of one of the buildings and steam boiler and the thing just sucks the energy. And in the wintertime, it doesn't, didn't catch well as good, but then it's some, basically there's a lot of learning during that time when we bought that property, basically. But do you yeah, survive that one? We do. We do. Okay. Yep. I How's that performing now? So we bought it average rents for four, four fifty. I think I average rent now seven hundred. So we are, we're, it's, it's, it's doing really well. We were able to refinance one in 2020, refinance that one. Nice. Uh, again, we were able to take out. So we got rid of a wedding contract. We got our local bank, um, to, uh, give us a loan on it. And, uh, we were able to refinance that. We took, we took everything. We I think we took 120,000 out. And then it's been cash flowing and taking care of itself. Winter months, it, it cash flows a little bit. And it, all the other times it does really well. The big thing for that is it's owner paid uh, utilities uh, because of, it's a very old building. Again, we have a steam boiler for the whole property. And then yeah. uh, electricity and stuff isn't unit by unit. If that, that's one big thing that I would, I would stress yeah. is when you're looking at the properties is that's, that's something that really fluctuates, especially here in Michigan. Um, our winters are can be tough. So, and so your expenses drastically change in the wintertime. But the other thing too, another lesson learned is it's in the city. So there are city inspections mm. and those buggers, those, those have been, those have been wrong, especially a building, an older building. You got lead-based paint, you got asbestos, you got, you got all these things that have to be remediated. You have our maintenance guy is, he's being there full or what would be in it at least. So the bad property is we still have it. It's doing really well. I don't, I, I haven't gone over there in a couple of years, which is great. But that's the whole point, right? Is sounds uh, pretty passive it, at this point to me, but in the labor and then have some calls lots some up. Usually I have with them just check on things. And yeah, that's great. That's why we get it. That's why we get into it. Yeah. The city inspector thing I, that happened to me on a property. I had no clue. And now anytime I buy a property, that's one of my first calls is to the city. Do you, what do you, what are your requirements? Because they can really, they, they can hold you up, right? They can, and they'll find you. So you, you, that's something, that's a great, great share, Derek. Yeah. Guys, you buy a property, call the city and find out what their requirements are every single time. And make sure there's not, because some, some municipalities will allow a scalable property, even with pending or open items on an on a inspection list. Yeah. Ask them for the inspection list. Ask them for what, what, what has come up, what, what things are being worked on. And, and then, and then reference it to the maintenance log that the seller is providing you if they're providing you those expenses and see if it adds up. Yeah. That's a really good way, especially when you're underwriting the deal. Totally. And HOAs too. If you're buying single families yeah. or HOAs, get their hands at everything and they can, they meet to approve, to approve sales. So I'm glad you brought that up. All right. We got the 23 unit. I want, could you explain, like we take this stuff for granted because we're in the business, but you've mentioned the word, the term land contract, like five or six times. Yeah. What is that? I know it's specific to Michigan. Other states have it as well, but talk about what that is as, as in much detail as you can so that everyone listening understands what that, what that is. Cause it's not bank financing, it's seller financing, but this is the type of contract that you used. Right. So one thing we, we did do was we hired a, an attorney, a local attorney to draft us. We, we met, we met with a, somebody that was recommended to us locally here in Michigan, what we wanted to do. And 
He's like, yeah, sure. We can draft that up to like put it all in boilerplate. So I would highly recommend it costs us 500 bucks or something like that. It's well money spent because we've used it now four times and same contract. So to buy more property, but so it's basically, if you want to call it the wild, wild west of financing, because everything is negotiated. The down payment is negotiable. Typically it's 20%. It could be 5%. It could be 50. It could be whatever you want. It could, the interest rates is, is the big part nowadays interest. A lot of land contracts are being done because of the high interest rate. So interest rate can be the amortization of your payback schedule. Yeah. I mean, a balloon, you know, when we are introduced to balloons, you want to have a five-year balloon. They want to, it was in the sixties, seventies, 30 year balloon doesn't do him or a 30 year bank doesn't do him any good. He went five years. So that's basically what it is. It's just a contract between you and the seller and you can have any terms. Those terms are all are blank on that, on that contract and you can provide whatever details you want on there as far as uh, terms and conditions of the same. And you steer the ship, especially if you're the one asking for land contract. Would you consider, people use it loosely, right? Seller financing, land contract. It's all similar terms in my mind uh, yeah. for you to do a, I guess, a personal contract between buyer and seller and figure out what terms you guys agree upon and, and move on. And is it, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it a deed and escrow type of situation? Nobody really has the title. It's just yeah. in limbo. Exactly. So I always, always, and I know, I know some people may do it. I would never do it. A title, have a title. So we have a title company, right? Do transactions here in Michigan. Again, that could be different municipalities, but, or different states, but a title company is key. They are your checks and balances, if you will, or if you don't want to do an attorney or to shoot over the paperwork, they will make sure it's legitimate. There's no, no things, no liens or anything on the property. Yep. We'll make sure that everything's done correctly. And again, they hold the deed and escrow until the land contract is satisfied. Yep. And then do you record that document, the land contract? Uh, is it recorded on, on, on title with the county? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. It is recorded. It is recorded. Got it. Okay. So important lesson there is make sure that you use an attorney or a title company and that document gets, gets recorded and it's a great way to purchase property if, when interest rates are high, like it's very popular right now. Seller financing is very, very popular right now because these rates are super high and people still mm -hmm. need to sell their houses. Not everyone's staying put and holding on to their two to 3% interest rates. Every, that's what everyone thinks, especially investors. Like nobody's moving. They are. People still need to move for, for a myriad of reasons. Yeah. Okay, Derek, we got some time left here. I just, we talked about that we were going to give the listeners some, some things to look at when we're, when, when we're looking at properties, whether it's multifamily or single family. I know you're doing some self-storage stuff, but as a new real estate investor, what are some of the things that you would be looking at now in terms of, all right, I want to make sure like all these boxes are, are checked so that I don't get myself into a situation where I could be, get some egg on my face yeah, down, down the line here. When I started out, I was looking at any of the free resources I could find, YouTube, any kind of books to read, finding coaches, people that have done things, people that are doing things. 
YouTube was huge for me for Michael Block and and Grant Cardone. Those two guys, Grant Cardone, basically, he'd get on a whiteboard and I wouldn't, I'd take that 20 grand and I'd go and buy, don't buy anything cash, try to finance everything. So then you can buy not one house, but 10 houses, right? And then I had, so he was go, 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 go do it. So that was the guy that'd get off the porch and go do something. And then you had Michael Block that was more my mindset of engineering based, more analytical. And then he had the tools and things. And then he started to introduce us to, or introduce me to syndication. Hmm. And again, finding the right coach, right? We went probably, we, we looked at probably five coaches before we got involved with Think Multifamily back in 2018. And, and really it's surrounding yourself, going to a, not a lot of people like to, some people are wallflowers, whatever you want to call Go to meetups, right? Go to conferences, meet people that are doing what you want to do. Social media is huge, right? For meeting people, you can get on Zoom calls. Uh, referrals are huge, right? Once you get into it, somebody will refer to you to somebody else. Yeah. And I mean, that's really it, right? You, you are who you, who you're around and who you hang out with and you're like, what is it? Some of the five people that you uh, spend the most time with, which is, yeah. you, you think about that sometimes it's like, that is a, sometimes that's a, a reality check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah. true though. I mean, I, I found it, it to is. be true for sure. You mentioned coaches, you, you went through, you looked at like five or six different coaches. What was the deter, what was the criteria that was met for you to say, okay, this is, this is my coach. Like, what were you looking for? What helped you make that decision? It came with basically values, family values, marketing to me, okay, we're from Michigan. They are originally from Michigan, moved to Texas uh, 20 years ago. And I just connected with them. They were down to earth. I was also, the one big thing for me was I didn't want to be sent to a co-coach. I wanted to work with actually the person. Yeah. Uh, so the group wasn't that big, but I joined and I reached out to Mark on Facebook, Mark, Facebook Messenger. And I was on the phone with him within about seven or eight minutes. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, if you can get the coach, guru, the guy, and you're talking to him personally, like he was in the airport doing something, but he took the time out of his day to talk to me. And, and it was, he wasn't selling, right? He wasn't selling his program, uh, but I wanted to be in like. He was the right kind of people, right? Again, you kind of want to say stock, but you look these people up, you find who they are, what, what motivates them. Why are they doing what they're doing? They had, they had young kids, but they wanted to change their life. Mark was working around 80 hours a week at his CPA job and real estate was his way to get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a great story and the listeners can look up, but that was really for me. It was just similar values. It wasn't get rich, look at my cars, look at my house, look at my fancy stuff. It was, it was investing right for the future and for your family and building wealth. That's, that's really yeah. there. Awesome. Oh, you're aligned. So good, good, good share. That's important, right? You have to make sure that your, your values are aligned. Derek, sure. as we, as we, as we wrap up here, I just want to make sure people get the opportunity to, you, you've shared a lot of great insights, how you got some of these deals and then get some of the lessons learned. It's really important for people to understand what the risks are. There's, there's way more. We could be sitting here talking for the rest of the day about the pros and cons of real estate. If someone wanted to look you up, get in touch with you, where would you, where would you direct them to go? So we can go to our, our, our website, JMT Investments, J-A-M-T-I-N-E Investments.com. And, or email me at Derek at jmtinvestments.com. I'm more than willing to jump on a call or email, however you want to contact me. That's cool. Uh, um, as you can see, I'm an open book. I'll, if you, 
has to reply to this, I'll give you the, give you whatever give you yeah, the answer. Right? Definitely. But guys, he's still in his W two, so he's doing all this while he's still he has not left his job. So he is still in his nine to five and he's doing all this. All and he's got a family. So all you say you're too busy, right, come up with a different excuse because that one that one doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Derek, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for thanks for teaching the listeners today. I learned a few things and I look forward to having you back on someday. Absolutely. So find your next, maybe you'll find a hundred unit building on Craigslist. Who knows? I'm, I'm <laughs> this, everything, everyone go look on Craigslist. They're probably, there's probably your, your next deal there. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. You bet it, man. Everyone have a great day.